Welcome to the Real Life English Podcast, where we help dedicated English learners just like you cultivate the courage, the confidence, and the skills that you need to understand real life native English, to communicate clearly with people from all around the world, and to make your life an epic global adventure. Now, are you ready to go beyond the classroom and start living your English? Can I get an aww, yeah? In this week's podcast, Ethan, Ollie, and I are talking all about Easter traditions and how this festival is celebrated in different ways in the three countries we're from. So you'll learn lots of vocabulary related to this festival and also this time of year. And as always, if you head on over to our Instagram at reallife.english, you'll have a bonus lesson there where you can learn lots of idioms related to eggs. So make sure you check that out as soon as you finish listening to this podcast. Aww, yeah, boys and girls, citizens of the world, this is Ethan from Real Life English, where we believe that listening to podcasts is a fun, natural, convenient, and dazzling way to learn English. So download this podcast and listen to it while you're cutting the grass, planting some flowers, dyeing some eggs, or even nibbling on a chalky bunny. Ooh, sounds tasty. I'm joined here in the Glow Studio. As always, by the lovely Andrea. How's it going, Andrea? I'm great, thank you. I love that intro. <laughs> I did as well. And by the Thunder Down Under, our very own Ollie. How's it going? Very good. I am in sunny Rio de Janeiro. It's very great. How are you guys? <laughs> Doing very well. So, what what was it that you said? Chalky bunnies. Nibbling on a chalky bunny. What's nibbling? Yeah, I said nibbling on a chalky bunny. To nibble means to take little small bites. And uh, chalky is chocolate. We just like make it shorten. You probably use that, right? Not in the if in American English. If I say chalky, that's like chalk, like you write on a whiteboard. So it'd be like not a very that that wouldn't be a very tasty bunny if it was like a chalky bunny. No, I <laughs> <laughs> don't eat that. We're going to be talking today all about Easter traditions in our three countries, which are a little bit different. There's some similarities as well. And whether or not you actually celebrate this,、uh, it'll be a really great way to get a taste of our different cultures. Because although Easter, I think in all of our countries, right, has a religious kind of like a it's a religious tradition originally. Nowadays, a lot of people who aren't Christian at all, who who don't consider themselves religious at all, still celebrate it as kind of a thing that you would welcome in spring in the northern hemisphere, at least. I don't know how that would work for you down under. I was going to say it's always hot. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I think it, we'll go into this later, but I think it's more of a, a family thing these days. For sure,、um, and especially fun for the kids. So we'll get all into that. But before we do, we have a shout out for a very special listener out there. Okay, and today's shout out comes all the way from Argentina, from Juan Deg. You you live in Argentina, don't you, Ali? Because you're you're in Rio de Janeiro, the capital of Argentina. <laughs> Is that what they say? <laughs> You've never heard people think. Yeah, a lot of people <laughs> tend to have that that misbelief. No, I've never heard that joke before. <laughs> Not in Brazil, but I'm thinking like Americans.、Um, all right. So Juan Deg says, obviously five stars. The most amazing podcast ever. I found this podcast recently, and it blew my mind. Even though I learned English when I was younger, I never get the chance to put it into practice. 
This podcast allows me to be more confident about real-life English expressions, and I have a lot of fun while I'm driving to work. Congratulations, Ethan, Andrea, and Justin. You really nailed it with this project. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. And he can add Ollie for, next, uh, <laughs> for his next shout-out. <laughs> right. I, I was wondering if he had the problem that our shout-out a few episodes ago had, that they didn't know how to spell your name, and so they, they just didn't include it. That's all right. I'm a very forgiving person. There you go. Maybe he's just still catching up on the old episodes. Yeah, maybe right, yeah. All right, so if you want us to shout you out, just like Juan, then head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. And the really great thing when you do that is that you're helping other people from around the world to learn English with us. And if you are like many of our listeners who don't use Apple Podcasts, that's okay. You can head over to reallifeglobal.com and you'll also find a link down in the description to this episode show notes and just leave us a nice comment there and we can still shout you out that way. So that said, we have a lovely quote from the lovely Andrea before we jump into today's main topic. So today's quote is by Lou Rawls, who was an American singer and actor. So I actually think this quote might be from one of his songs because Mm -hmm. it just sounds a bit like that. So let's hear it. It's spring again. I can hear the birds sing again. See the flowers start to bud. See young people fall in love. (laughs) (laughs) i thought you i thought you were gonna sing it andrea i know i don't know the song so i can't but it does sound like a song doesn't it right yeah i've definitely had this feeling actually the last couple weeks it's just in barcelona it's starting to get warm and it's like all the birds are singing and the smell changes i always love that in springtime especially coming from colorado we we tend to have like a lot of wildflowers and like in the springtime it's just like Anywhere you go, it's just this rich smell of all the flowers blooming. So we're starting to bud. What does that mean? So when a flower starts to grow before it actually blooms, we say when it opens and everything, it's a bud. That's when it's all closed up still. And why does he say young people fall in love in the spring? I'm not quite sure about that part. Maybe just because there's something in the air, like what you were saying, you know, with the smells and with it being warmer and just everything being beautiful and growing. It's like just a great time to fall in love. Yeah, I was going to say spring is like the greatest and most happiest season of all <laughs> because like summer's a little bit too hot. Spring's nice because as as the quote says, the birds are singing and the flowers are growing and, you know, it's a perfect time to... to open your heart to something new. Yeah, and I think springtime too, we kind of think of it as like a time for renewal, kind of like coming out of the the cold winter where everything's dead and it's kind of like a time for fresh starts. We say like you spring into spring, which is like spring is like to jump. So it's kind of like you you have this, it's full of opportunities, like whether that's falling in love or whether that's starting a new habit, maybe getting back into your English learning. That said, we can talk about one of the great spring traditions in the northern hemisphere anyway and that is easter all right andrea in case anyone here listening does not celebrate easter what exactly is easter so as you mentioned earlier easter is actually a religious festival Mm -hmm. and it's the story of when jesus christ was betrayed and then crucified but then resurrected so i think that's why it has this story and this springtime feeling of new life and growth Mm -hmm. and everything 
So that's where it kind of originates from. But so many people all around the world maybe don't follow the religious festival. There are still lots of people that do, but many people just follow the traditions. And Easter usually happens around the end of March, sometimes the beginning of April. I believe it depends on the cycle of the moon. It's something to do with the moon cycle and that's how it falls somewhere between the first or second kind of moon or something um, in, in March or April. And that's why it sometimes changes as well. It's never on the exact same date every year. I think it's probably similar maybe to the Jewish calendar as well, because it usually coincides with Passover, which is another, it's also comes from like the Bible, from the, the Old Testament with like the story of Moses. And I won't get too much into like religious <laughs> stories or anything, but there's also, um, that's a very important holiday and everything with like feasting and, and giving thanks and everything. So it's kind of a, a lot of different things happening around the same time in spring, but I think that they, they might be kind of related. Yeah, it does make sense because I have an Iranian friend as well. And I think their kind of new year is celebrated around this time of year. Mm. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I think that was like a week ago or something. Mm -hmm. So this time of year too, I know a lot of times people will have holidays, right? In the United States, a lot of times it will coincide with spring break. So I think here in Spain, they'll actually have Mondays off, right? But in the United States, we consider just Easter the Sunday, so we won't have the Monday off. But a lot of times schools will actually have the week before like leading up to to easter as the spring break so people will maybe head down to florida or to mexico or somewhere warmer and and at least like older people or maybe even with your family i used to do this a lot with my family and kind of enjoy that time somewhere where it's a little bit warmer and you can be on the beach oh wow that's really interesting because like in us like you said that only Sunday is considered a holiday in Australia. We actually call them public holidays and we'll have like uh, Good Friday is a public holiday. Uh, also uh, Easter Sunday and Easter Monday are also public holidays. So it's kind mm -hmm. of like a, a bigger celebration down under, which is, which is good for us Aussies. <laughs> yeah. Down under your partiers. It's the same in the UK as well. Everyone really looks forward to that long bank holiday weekend, we call it. So a public holiday or a bank holiday, we say as well in the UK. But actually schools close for two weeks as well in the UK. So like um, over the Christmas period, they usually close for two weeks then. And then wow. for Easter as well, we have a two week break. Two whole weeks. That sounds incredible. Should definitely be spending Easter in the UK. <laughs> yeah, but that's not for everyone. But as a teacher, yeah, it's great. Like you really look forward to the Easter holiday. <laughs> for sure. And I guess like, do people travel very often or is it like not a holiday that people would associate normally with traveling? I think lots of people do. They'd probably take advantage of having the bank holidays. So generally most businesses close on those days. So rather than having to take those days as paid leave or something, they just, mm -hmm. you know, you get them anyway. So you can go away for a long weekend. I used to do that quite a lot when I was working in the UK and as a teacher as well, because you get two weeks off, like you could go away for a long weekend or a week sometimes even. So it's a really good period for that. Yeah, I think it'd be similar in, in Australia because we, 
at Easter, the weather's still quite okay. Uh, so, and most people live within an hour or two hours of the coast. So it makes sense for people to go to the coast uh, for the weekend with their family and enjoy a barbecue on, on the beach, which is, which sounds great right about now. <laughs> you would call it a barbecue? Always heard something different from Aussies. Yeah, I know. People call it a Barbie. Let's have a Barbie. <laughs> I don't know. It's like the most the like the the Australian line every American knows is throw a shrimp on the Barbie, mate. But we don't even call them <laughs> shrimps. We call them prawns, and we don't even right. put prawns on the barbecue. <laughs> Another wrong stereotype. Curious what that, yeah, I'm curious what that comes from. Yeah, but that does sound really great. Hi, uh, yeah, global citizen. Would you like transcripts for these episodes of the podcast so that you can understand everything? And how would you like to practice what you learn here by speaking with other listeners? It sounds like a dream, right? Well, now it is a reality. We're super excited to announce that we have started testing and are getting ready to release the much anticipated Real Life English podcast and speaking app where you will be able to do all of this at the touch of a button for free. But before we launch our app to thousands and eventually millions of learners from around the world, we're inviting a small group of our friends and special fans to get a unique first look. I want to invite you to join us for private beta testing. You will exclusively be allowed to download and test the app and participate in scheduled speaking events. Most importantly, we'll use your feedback to guide us in building a world-class, real-life English listening and speaking experience. To apply for our private beta testing program, go to reallifeglobal.com slash app or click the link in the description of this podcast. So usually Easter spans over a week. However, it does actually begin 40 days before Easter Sunday. You might have heard of Lent and this is a period the 40 days before Easter where people give something up for Lent. So you might give up chocolate, coffee, smoking, like maybe a bad habit or just something um, during those 40 days. You don't have to, but lots of people do do this. Have you guys ever given something up for Lent? When I was younger, I was more indoctrinated and <laughs> I don't know if that's the best word indoctrinated, but I, I, I kind of grew up with like more Catholic traditions and stuff from my mom's side of the family. So when I was younger and I was more into that and everything, I think there were a couple lengths where I gave up like maybe sugar or chocolate or something along those lines, which for a child is quite, that's like torture, you know, 40 <laughs> days without any sugar, man. Extreme. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm, I'm also from a, a Catholic family, um, mm -hmm. but I think we always like spoke, oh, I'm giving up bread. Oh, I'm giving up, not bread, that's boring. <laughs> I'm giving up chocolate. I'm giving up cookies. This I'm giving up soda or fizzy drink. Um, and then like two days later, you like sneak it away and uh, sneak into your bedroom and start eating it. So I think, I don't know if I necessarily walked the talk when I was a child, giving mm. up things for Lent. So yeah. giving up is actually a really good phrasal verb. So yeah. So if you give something up, it means that you stop doing it. So maybe if you give up chocolate, you stop eating chocolate for those 40 days mm -hmm. or you stop drinking coffee or something like that. I also mentioned Passover and, and Passover is also a week, I think. 
and during that, actually, you're not supposed to eat anything with leavening, which is like with with yeast in it, because it comes from like the the story that like Moses um, was like wandering in the desert for forty years, something like that, and they had to flee really quick from Egypt, and so they didn't have like time to let the bread rise, and so over Passover, you're supposed to eat like flattened bread called matzah, mm. and that's something that I remember that I also like grew up with <laughs> over that time, like eating matzah, and it's just like. A big cracker, basically. So I grew up, obviously, with a Greek Cypriot background and everything. And Easter's actually even more important than Christmas in the Greek really? Orthodox uh, community. Yeah, it's a really huge one. It is a really lovely time of year. Like, I, I just love it for all the traditions that we do with family. But many people will actually fast for 40 days. So usually mm -hmm. when you fast, you don't eat sometimes, but they, they don't fast by not eating for 40 days. People basically don't eat anything that came from an animal. So no animal products for 40 days. So it's like you're vegan for 40 days. Exactly. So <laughs> nowadays it's probably even easier, but I remember I did this one year. I was like, I want to try, I want to see if I can do it. <laughs> I think I did it when I was like 16 or 17 and it was really hard but nowadays right. I don't think it would be as difficult especially because there's so many like great vegan products nowadays that is more commonplace exactly and you'd know how to cook certain things and still have mm. delicious meals that makes sense uh that's really interesting so also like in a lot of cultures before even Lent like a lot of people will have uh different traditions right like in Brazil, carnival is like one of the most important times of the year, right? It is one of the most important times of the year. Um, and I've actually, I've, I would say also in South America because uh, I was in mm. carnival here in 2018. And then I was in Bolivia for two years of carnival. But I think carnival has kind of moved away from the religious, um, the religious <laughs> symbolism. And it's more about, it's, it's more about like having fun and getting together and, and having a few, having a good time together is what yeah. I want to say. I think that that's definitely more where the tradition has gone. It's really popular as well in in uh, the south of Spain and in the Canary Islands, especially is really famous for their carnival traditions. In the States, we don't really have that. Uh, but a lot of people might have heard of Mardi Gras in New Orleans, which is New Orleans was in, is in Louisiana, which Louisiana was part of France until the United States purchased it from France. And so they keep a lot of the French traditions, like Mardi Gras, for example. But this is, it's kind of the same kind of tradition nowadays. It's, it's, it's almost like anti-religion because it's just like people having maybe too, too much fun, a little bit too much fun. But that's a very <laughs> famous celebration there. If you're ever in the States and you, want to, and you want to celebrate Carnival, that would be the place to go is New Orleans. Wouldn't it be great if there was some way to understand real English without getting lost and without getting bored? Well, now there is. With our real life native immersion course, we will take you on a 41 week real life adventure of the English language. Each week exploring a different topic connected to our goal to help you understand and use real native English and make it a permanent part of your life in a way that is fun, natural, and convenient. The best part is you can try it for free with our three-part power learning series. We will send it to your email. Just go to reallifeglobal.com slash pod, that's P-O-D, to sign up. Now, let's get back to today's podcast lesson. 
Yeah, we don't have carnival in the UK. We're a bit more boring, I guess. So it was, you have the summer carnival, right? And from the Caribbean traditions? That's true. Yeah, the Notting Hill carnival. That mm -hmm. happens when we have a bank holiday at the end of August. <laughs> it always falls on that weekend. Yeah, so that's true. That's a really nice one that we get to enjoy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we don't have a, a carnival at Easter, but there are other things that happen. But uh, we do, because speaking of ways that people celebrate the 40 days before, there's also something I think called Fat Tuesday or Fat Thursday that, that mm -hmm. they do where they eat specific things before the fast. And right. in the UK, we have something called Shrove Tuesday. And this is otherwise known as Pancake Day as well. So everyone makes pancakes on this day. And I think it's because people would use up any animal products they have, because obviously when you make pancakes, it's flour, eggs, and milk. And that's why traditionally in the UK, we make pancakes. Well, that makes sense. We also do Shrove Tuesday. And I think the next day is Ash Wednesday, right? Where you go to church yeah. and you get like the cross in, in ash on your, on your forehead. I just did the action Never. for anyone watching at home. <laughs> Not watching, listening. I've I've never heard of that tradition of doing the ash on your forehead on Ash Wednesday. No, no, oh. I don't think we do. Well, I don't know. Maybe maybe it has to do with the the religion. I mean, my my family was um, my mom's family was Catholic. Maybe the Catholics don't do that. Maybe it's like a Protestant no, but, thing. No, but I was I'm Catholic. Well, okay. Well, maybe it's those know. Southern Hemisphere Catholics. Yeah, you never know. We do do crazy traditions down there. <laughs> <laughs> um, and do you does Shrove actually mean something? I've never heard that word. It actually means to kind of give confession or absolution or something. So I guess again, it has a religious connotation, doesn't it? Because it's like you confess, and then you're giving up animal products or you're giving up certain foods for those 40 days i guess it's linked to the religion in that sense i'm, I'm just like laughing to myself because i'm imagining like someone going to confess with like a big stack of pancakes <laughs> <laughs> i was uh, i was thinking of that game of thrones episode where cersei is made to confess and she walks through <laughs> she walks through the crowd that's what i think that was filmed actually... here actually in girona oh really yeah I think if you asked anyone in the UK, like, why is it called Shrove Tuesday or anything like that? No one will have any idea. We just like, <laughs> yeah, we get to eat pancakes. <laughs> so we've talked a lot about like traditions leading up to Easter, but we haven't actually gotten too much into actual Easter traditions or Easter week traditions. So, and I think these might be the things that are most different in our different countries. I could be wrong, but um, do you want to start out, Andrea, sharing some things that you might do? on Easter or right before Easter in jolly old England? <laughs> yeah, so you'll see probably from straight after Christmas in all the supermarkets, there are aisles filled with chocolate Easter eggs. So again, I guess it's an egg because it symbolizes new life and it's springtime and that's why it tends to be eggs. So you'll find these in the supermarket and you buy them mainly for kids but probably if I was still in the UK, my parents would still buy me some. You know, if they if they come over here as well to visit during the Easter holidays, they'll bring me chocolate Easter eggs. Well, that must be challenging to get them there in one piece. Yeah, but they're usually <laughs> like in a in a box. They're quite well protected. Oh, yeah, so they do it successfully. 
<laughs> we have in the U.S. also like the Cadbury eggs is very oh. traditional. Is like so. So I don't. Um, you didn't mention this at all, and I don't know if it's just an American thing, like having an Easter basket and like the Easter bunny. Do you guys have that? No, but I do think some people have started doing something similar, but we didn't have it growing up. Gotcha. So that's a, yeah, it's a very American tradition. Then I guess so for us. It's a little bit like Christmas because in the end, it's like the Easter bunny comes while you're sleeping. Um, and the Easter bunny is like, it's, I, I guess like bunnies also are like having to do with springtime and everything in the new life tradition. Uh, but the Easter bunny is like a giant bunny that goes around with baskets and like leaves baskets for kids, but he hides them. So you wake up on Easter morning and you have to like look all around the house and the garden and like depending where you live and find your Easter basket. Like that's, that was the big tradition when I woke, when I was growing up, waking up on Easter morning was the Easter basket search. So, uh, and then when you get your basket, it's filled with Cadbury eggs. It's filled with like, usually there'll always be a like big chocolate bunny that you're like a week long, like trying to nibble by nibble eating this entire <laughs> chocolate bunny. Um, and like maybe jelly beans and like other kinds of candies that would be thrown in there. So it's a really terrible, really great for the dentist industry, but. <laughs> <laughs> we, we don't do the basket, but we do something similar. Uh, my, we're, we're a family of four. So like I have three brothers and a sister, I guess we're a family of six, including mum and dad. Um, but each year mum and dad would hide the Easter eggs and Easter, um, bunnies in different places. And, uh, when we would wake up, we would have like a, a minty trail. So a minty is like a sweet, a mint sweet. And we would follow that trail, like the, the line of minties to where our bunnies were hidden. Uh, which I thought was quite cool. So, and and I, like as having brothers and sisters, you couldn't touch the minty trail, or you couldn't touch the eggs until everybody was awake. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like torture for like the youngest one that wakes up the earliest, right? Yeah. Actually, it was my <laughs> oldest one. He used to get so excited, and he would wake us up. That's really nice. We we didn't really do that as much growing up, but nowadays people tend to do like an Easter egg hunt. So mm -hmm. it sounds similar to what you described as well, Ethan. Um, but the main thing is to give chocolate Easter eggs, which can be really quite big as well. And then you get some other chocolates inside it and everything mm -hmm. and all the different chocolate bars that you can get. They make Easter eggs as well. Yeah, we, we have like those with real eggs, like a, a tradition usually the week before Easter is to color eggs or dye eggs. Which when I was growing up, I like loved dyeing the eggs, but I didn't really like hard boiled eggs. So it's just like they would like sit in the fridge and like not like only half of them maybe would get eaten and the rest would just go bad, unfortunately. But um, we might do this a lot with like the actual eggs, like in the, the yard or even like sometimes there'll be like a competition in like a park for like kids to go there. And just the these like little eggs are hidden all over or we'll have like plastic eggs and they'll be filled, like you said, with with like different candies or, or things that you could eat it's funny you say that about the eggs because i was living with um a, a girl from london who is also half polish her mother's polish uh last year and we obviously had easter together because we were away from our family and she's like come on let's do a polish tradition let's boil the eggs and uh, we're going to dye them and make them a little bit darker mm. and then we're going to engrave like scrape out and draw an image on on the egg so hmm. I don't know if Agnieszka is listening to this podcast. But maybe she, <laughs> one of our real lifers can uh, fill us in on the details. Let us know. Sorry, I believe, yeah, we have Agnieszka from Poland and Ksenia from Ukraine. I believe they both have traditions. So maybe it comes from Eastern Europe. Yeah, I think 
Ukraine, because I know with Xenia, I think, um, is an Orthodox country. So mm. their traditions are very similar to the Greek one. And we dye eggs as well. I didn't know that they do that in the States. Yeah, we have like, but the, the way that like Ollie was talking about sounds like very, I don't know, very like homemade maybe. We would like <laughs> buy these kits and they have like all these different like colors and stuff. And it's like you can, you can, um, like dip them in different colors and stuff. So you could have like an egg that's got like all these different layers of like color and stuff. And like a lot of them will have like stickers. So you can decorate them with stickers and a lot of kids go all out. I'm sure I'm actually, I mean, we're recording this like before Easter week and I'm traveling to the United States. So I'm going to get to spend it with my nephews. So I'm sure that's one of the things that we'll be doing this week. That's really nice. Yeah. In the UK, people don't really dye eggs, but we would do it um as part of our tradition and traditionally it was red we would dye them red mm. um because i think apparently i think that represents the blood of christ so again it always goes back to the religion <laughs> it's like really intense for children though. really yeah <laughs> but nowadays people dye them different colors so you can usually find mm -hmm. red blue yellow and green dye but yeah, we actually use a powdered dye that we mix, we dissolve in, in mm. water to boil the eggs and everything. And then on Easter Sunday in the morning, we have like a competition where we crack the eggs with each other at breakfast. And then who's, whoever's egg doesn't break is the winner and we'll have good luck for the year. Actually, I don't know if you've gotten to celebrate it much here, Andrea. Um, and I don't know if it's if it's like a Catalan tradition or if it's in all of Spain, but I believe it might just be in Catalonia that they have La Mona. Have you mm. gotten to do that ever or like seen those in the stores? Yeah, I've seen them in all of the bakeries. It's that special cake with lots of feathers and it's very mm -hmm. decorated, isn't it? So there's that or it can be like a chocolate sculpture sort of thing. So I, I don't know if you've seen like, there, there's like one chocolate, uh, what would we call it in English? Like a chocolate shop, I guess, or something like that. Uh, and they have like the most ornate ones. Like they have one that's like actually like a pirate ship. And I went past there yesterday. They had like Hogwarts Castle, like oh a gosh. replica of, of Hogwarts Castle. So, I mean, those ones are super expensive. I mean, you'd be probably spending like over $100 on a humongous thing of chocolate, which I don't think many people are up to. But the tradition is that either the cake or the chocolate sculpture thing you're supposed to buy for if, if you have a goddaughter or godson, the godparent, godfather or godmother are supposed to buy it for the godchildren. Mm. So um, that's a tradition they'll have here on Easter Monday, which is the day that's actually celebrated. So I find that one really interesting. If anyone's ever in Barcelona in Easter, it's kind of cool to see uh, the chocolate sculptures and these crazy cakes. Yeah, I've seen some of those in, in some shops here as well. There's some really elaborate chocolate masterpieces. In Australia, do you have like chocolate kangaroos or chocolate koalas? Oh, I feel being put on the spot here. <laughs> chocolate platypi. I don't know, you know, surely. I don't, oh, I don't know. Maybe in like your fancy <laughs> chocolate shops, like the, the chocolate shops in the, the mm. fancy districts, they might have them. But I think like in the supermarket... No, but I, I could be wrong. <laughs> We're going to have to get your family to send you some pictures, you know, of, of like the, the chocolate shop there or something. Maybe we can share some different pictures from like the, the different countries on Instagram at reallife.english. <laughs> Here in Brazil, they like hang things from the, the roof of the supermarket. And like, I'm mm -hmm. not... I'm not small, but I'm not tall, but I can pretty much hit my head on these things in the supermarket. Like the eggs hanging, which is... 
giant eggs <laughs> another thing that we eat as well is something called hot cross buns Ooh. what are hot cross buns so hot cross buns are like a small bread uh, like a small imagine like a bread roll but it's sweet and it has like sultanas or raisins or dried fruit in it a little bit and it's just basically got a cross on the top of it so again going back to <laughs> the religious connotation but everyone just wants to eat really you know in all these festivals we just like to eat different things and they're really nice toasted do you have them as well ollie we do but i, I also like the treat <clears throat> i also like the traditional like version with the fruit inside but i've got a bit of a sweet tooth so i like the the ones with the chocolate you, you can actually get like you know, your traditional ones, which I've just said. Or you can get like actual chocolate flavored buns with chocolate chips inside. So darker bread mm. and, and chocolate. It's just, yeah, I mean, it, it's not the healthiest, but, uh, and they normally come in packs of six and I can like eat six in like one sitting because they're just <laughs> oh so delicious. <laughs> Put it in the microwave for a little bit. The chocolate melts a little bit and then it just melts in your mouth. Ugh. Oh, that sounds so good. It so is. they're really... There. Moorish. Moorish? <laughs> yeah, so if something is Moorish, it means that it makes you want more. Oh. Oh, Have you not what? heard that before? No. <laughs> I was thinking of like the Moors, like that invaded Spain in the whatever oh. century. <laughs> oh no, yeah, you can describe something as Moorish. That must be really British then, I didn't know. Huh. Uh, I think like hot, hot crust buns, I've, I've never heard of that in the States, but we have like a nursery rhyme that's called hot crust buns. I guess that's, <laughs> I never knew what that meant, but now I do. Yes. Yeah, you do. <laughs> You've got to try some. Awesome. Well, we have a special, as always, a special themed post to go along with this podcast over on our Instagram, where you'll learn a bunch of idioms with eggs. We have all sorts of these in English that you can use, I think, in all three accents. So... Those will be really great to just kind of continue your Easter-themed learning, but you can use these expressions, of course, any time of year. So that said, thanks so much for joining us today on the Real Life English Podcast, and we'll see you next week. One, two, three. Ah, yeah. Hey again, I hope you enjoyed today's lesson. Don't be a stranger. You can find all the notes like vocabulary, links, and more for this lesson on our blog at reallifeglobal.com. And connect with us and on Instagram at reallife.english for even more fun English recommendations. Do you want to continue your learning and get confident, fluent English? Then I have a couple great recommendations for you. First of all, check out our YouTube channel, Learn English with TV series, where you can have fun learning to understand fast-speaking natives with your favorite movies, series, and more without getting lost, without missing the jokes, and without subtitles. Second, if you like our podcast, then our real-life native immersion course is perfect for you. It is the next best thing to studying abroad in an English-speaking country. Try it for free with our three-part power learning series. Just go to reallifeglobal.com slash pod to sign up. Finally, if you are enjoying our podcast, then please assist us in helping more people go beyond the classroom and live their English. You can do this by sending a link to this podcast to a friend or by leaving us a five-star review wherever you are listening. We might even shout you out on the podcast. 
stay healthy and safe, and I look forward to seeing you next week. Aw, yeah.